What's going on, boils and ghouls? Welcome back. This is Eric of Creeps in the Crypt, and I am joined by, as always, Sam and Christian. This is it. The end of the, spooky season. The final installment of our spooky season believe, cryptid series. I can't believe how fast this has gone by. And also our last night recording in this studio. This is the last night of recording in this, the purpled studio. I know. The purple studio. R.I.P. It's, it's a little bittersweet. I'm getting, I'm getting a little teary eyed. <laughs> no, little. you're not. You're crying about the moving all the shit. <laughs> Poor Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Well, me and him. So we're doing this episode a week early. I didn't realize that we were jamming two episodes in in one night. And uh, I I am now moth. I am all things moth. You are uh, all things moth. I, I see the wings. I live in a world of moth now. Yeah. I'm waiting. Uh, Should we turn the light out so you can focus? No, I love lamp. I love, lamp. I, I, I love lamp. I love lamp. There are two lamps in here that go in our new house. They don't have bulbs, so he's we're we're safe. But yeah. don't say that because after you leave, he's just gonna be hovering around the lamp downstairs. Oh, they don't they don't buzz. Never mind. Oh, no, they only buzz when they hit stuff. No, uh, they 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 more so screech at this point, as we'll find out. Lovely, we love that. <clears throat> but I've never heard a moth make a noise. I crammed. All my research in on Mothman. It, in what span? In 72 hours. Oh my gosh. Um, and let me just go ahead and fucking tell you. This story. So I just want to. This is not a full deep dive on Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Because th- what is going on in the, this story is like a fucking onion. And Every time you peel back a layer, there's just more and more layers. It's world building 101. It's fucking crazy. Do you feel like Shrek? Uh, Moths are like layer or like onions. They got layers. Exactly. Gonna peel them back one at a time. That's exactly what this is. I mean, we'll get into it. We'll just get into it. Go Sam. Ahead. Oh my God. Take us away. I've lost my husband to moth. <laughs> I am moth. I am moth. In 1966, a string of strange things began happening in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, a town of 4,300 people at the confluence of the Ohio and Kanawha Rivers, just southeast of and across the river from Galapagos, Ohio. We'll butcher that, and they're going to come for us in the comments, but it's okay. You know what? They have to love me where I'm at at yep. this point. They know. It's a funny word. Sam's going to mis- mispronounce it, and we're going to have a good little laugh, and then we're just going to keep on going. And text-to-speech will be cued in. <laughs> Galapagos. <laughs> if that's even the right way. Whatever. I think you're pretty damn close. I think you nailed it, actually. Perfect. Galapagos. In a period of a few months, more than 100 residents claimed they encountered a creature with the body of a man, 10-foot-wide wings attached to its back, and 2-inch diameter glaring red eyes about 6 inches apart on its head. Sightings of the winged creature are said to leave witnesses with a deep sense of dread. It became known as the Mason County Monster, the bird... And later, Mothman. 
<laughs> but those weren't the only strange sightings around the region. There were hundreds of unidentified flying object reports, reports of poltergeist activity, dozens of pets, and some livestock found mutilated, and the men in black appearing in the area. This event in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, is what is known as a paranormal super flap. Super flap. A super flap. So, anytime you have swarms of UFOs and things of that sort. All the paranormal things. All, anytime, well, m- mostly it's referred about UFOs. But because of everything else going on, this place is two where two rivers meet. It's running water. There's bridges, mm-hmm. as we've mm-hmm. talked about in other episodes. I personally believe bridges under running water are portals to other planes. Is that why there's so many like urban legends? That's that's my theory. It's my little fringe theory. But this town is being plagued. By sightings of UFOs, and this is before 1966, there's cattle mutilations, there's UFOs, there's all sorts of shit going on here. Yeah. Strange, strange occurrences. And what we're going to be covering today, I I, I fought long and hard how to cover this. And to stop this from being four episodes on Point Pleasant, because that's what it would be. (laughs) Um, we're going to focus predominantly on the Mothman. Okay. There is going to be some supporting cast members. Okay. Of overlapping phenomenon. Okay. This is not going to be the blooming thing is pretty much what he's saying. No, we are not peeling back all the layers today. I'm hungry. Well, we might celebrate the new studio with the tripped out back. Uh, blooming onions for everybody. Yeah, yeah. you get a blooming onion. You get a blooming. <laughs> There's so many layers. Dude, I freaking love I'll just, I'll just take a nice lamp. That's all I need. Stop That's it. A- I'm not sleeping with the fucking lamp on. I'm uh, going to go ahead and tell you that. I love lamp. No? Uh, I love lamp. <laughs> but yes, what we're going to be covering today in this episode is strictly moth related. So just Mothman. There will be some appearances of the men in black that we discussed last episode. But only when they appear for Mothman. For the most part. I'm leaving a lot of it out. Okay. But there, it is not, it's to be noted that they appear. Okay. And they do play an important part because of John Keel, who wrote the book Mothman Prophecies. Okay. So with that being said, let's go. It is unknown where the Mothman first originated, but there are rumors of a Shawnee chief Indian named Cornstalk who cursed the Ohio River area where he was taken hostage before his execution. Oh, throwing it back to Shawnee? Yeah, we're... we're we're, we're going back layer. to... You just like, threw in like four layers right there. I don't even know where we are at this point. I don't yeah. either. <laughs> uh, where are it, you? This gets wild. Oh, my God. So we're going back to the Shawnee Indians. 
who we covered in... First of all, who names a Shawnee Chief Cornstalk? I just feel like that they could have given him a much more menacing Right, he kind of got... He kind of got gypped in the name. All right, colonizers, let's not piss those people off. <laughs> feel well, like the better name. How do you know he wasn't mad about it too? I don't need them all Maybe that's why he put cursed, on, on this show. That's why he cursed the Ohio River. He was pissed off about fucking no, being taken hostage no, and dying before yeah, that. I, I believe he was pissed off about him and his son being murdered no. after helping the the colonists. It wasn't because of the corn sock thing. No. I feel like it should have been because of the porn sock thing. Fuck your son. I feel like it should have been. Okay, Christian. <laughs> okay. So this curse was to lay for at least 200 years and bring chaos to West Virginia. So well, it's a normal. little chaotic up there. So just normal. Just a normal day in wild, wonderful, weird West Virginia. Heavy on the weird. Yeah. On November 12th, 1966, five men were busy at work in a cemetery outside Clendenin, West Virginia. They were digging a grave for one Homer Smith. Among these men were Robert Lovejoy, Emil Gibson, Andrew Godby, William Poole, and Smith's son-in-law, Kenneth Duncan. They glanced up from their work as something huge soared over their heads. It was a massive figure that was moving rapidly from tree to tree. The group would later describe this figure as a brown human being. Interesting. The graveyard made a fittingly morbid setting for what would be the first of many, many sightings. It's fucking metal, dude. You make your first appearance in the world in a goddamn graveyard. Oh. He just wanted to see what his... Spooky. Metal as fuck. Yeah, he's like, let me see where my plane is. (laughs) Let me see where my friends are. Yeah. The next sighting was on November 14th, 1966. Merle Partridge was at his home in Salem, West Virginia, watching TV. Around 1030, Partridge's TV screen abruptly went black and let out a high-pitched noise. Suddenly, Merle's German Shepherd bandit started to act strangely and howled towards something outside. Taking his shotgun, Merle and bandit went out to his porch. Merle claimed he saw round red lights circling his barn. Bandit barked at the lights and he ran towards them. This is the last time Merle ever saw bandit. Poor dog. Aww. Mothman hates dogs. I'm saying it right now. Most cryptids don't like pets. Poor little guy. The next morning, Merle explored outside and found his dog's paw print circling the barn, but not leading anywhere else. Let's just say it was Merle's last time seeing Bandit. It's not going to be our last time seeing Bandit. Oh. Well, what's left of Bandit? I hate when they take the doggies. Just three days after the gravedigger's initial report in nearby Point Pleasant, West Virginia, on November 15, 1966, two couples, Roger and Linda Scarberry and Steve and Mary Mallett, were driving in Roger's car. They drove seven miles north of Point Pleasant to the TNT area around 11.30 p.m. The area housed old WW2 bunkers, 
that manufactured and stored ammunition. It was also home to an abandoned power plant. So this date, November 15th, is what they call the famous sighting. Okay. This is the beginning of the 13-month super flap. Like, this is it. This, they... They like to use this date because it rounds everything off to the end of the story. And the number 13 is very significant and constantly repeating in this story. Interesting. So just remember the number 13. And anytime we refer to the famous sighting, this is the one that we'll be talking about. Okay. So this is the famous sighting. This is the famous sighting. As they stopped by the power plant... The car's headlights reflected off two huge red eyes. They then noticed that the two eyes belonged to a creature as it wobbled into the light. They claimed it was a grayish humanoid creature that stood seven feet tall with wings that stretched ten feet long. Linda described that its eyes were a deep, fiery red and that its legs were extremely muscular. Mothman never skipped a leg day. He don't skip leg day. He can't walk worth a shit. In most of the descriptions. But he's got some built-ass legs. Maybe leg day is every day and he's just got jello legs. Yeah, he's he never skips a leg day. So I mean, that's I've, why he's got noodle legs. I've walked out of the gym before with Bambi legs. Yeah, he's just all nimbly bimbly. Yeah. While he hops around from tree to tree. Oh, <laughs> Same. I'm a great dancer, but walking on my feet? Pfft, what's that? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Deeply afraid, Roger started the car and quickly drove off. Looking back as they sped away, Linda saw the creature on a hill watching them. It then spread out its wings and took flight straight up with a single wing beat. It was like, so up he goes. Most of the sightings that talk about Mothman taking off describe him constantly because we're only going to get into the main sightings Mm -hmm. like the the most notable ones Mm -hmm. um describe mothman taking off like a helicopter is just straight up interesting so it's like jeepers creepers yeah that would be a great description for mothman except not as leathery and devilly but more like that of a moth still would be friends with jeepers creepers Either of them. Mothman <laughs> or Jeepers Creepers. <coughs> As they kept driving, the creature was right behind the car, its wings brushing on the car's hood. Coming up on a strip of straight road, Roger accelerated to 100 miles per hour. Linda says that she heard strong flaps as the creature kept up with the speeding car. Mary heard scratching and a shrill shriek Every time the creature passed overhead, it kept gliding above the top of the car, but vanished when they reached the outskirts of Point Pleasant. The fact that this thing can reach speeds mm-hmm. of 100 miles an hour on those tiny ass baby wings. Well, they, they're 10 feet wide, they're, aren't they? They're 10 foot, but this thing is six to seven feet tall, most likely six. But most so, of like, the, it's like weight proportion to it, its, it's wings. It's weight proportion to the wings that it would need is is insane like this thing mothman would if it was a normal bird type creature yeah. it would need a, a wingspan of realistically 
I would say 25. I mean, an albatross is only like the size of a small cat. And its wingspan is like 15 freaking, like it's 15 feet. It's a, is it? Yeah, it's huge. Albatrosses are like the, they have the largest wingspan. Because? Like from tip to tip. I mean, I'm talking like. Not like actual, like just wings spread out. Yeah, I'm because like, we're talking Mothman has like ten foot wings, five foot on each side, so it's wingspans yeah, ten his, foot to his proportions. Oh, okay, so got it. He would need at least another at least. I would feet. say, and he's built like fucking Arnold. He's built like fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger to like lift off, like to create that lift in the way that he's doing. He'd have to have a 25 to 30 foot wingspan, probably. I guess he doesn't skip wing day either. <laughs> He's just no. sitting there doing his wings. He's just jacked. I've had to skip wing day a lot lately. <laughs> <laughs> Stopping downtown, the four debated on what to do. Linda wanted to go to the, to the police, but Roger and Steve both agreed that the police would laugh at their story. They wanted to go back up to the road to see if the creature was still in the area. An idea that Linda and Mary did not agree with. Which, same, sis. Same. Eventually, the men persuaded the women and the four began to drive back to the power plant. After a few minutes, they stopped out of fear. As they were turning the car around, they saw a large dead dog on the side of the road. The very instant they passed the dog, the creature jumped out onto the road and disappeared into the field with the dog. Now he's like a he's like a cat. Like look what I caught. Now and you never can, mind. Just scurries off. Just bringing dead dogs to your doorstep. Yes. Oh my god, he'd be such a great pet. My pet my pet Mothman in me. Yeah, my pet Mothman in me. Where is this children's book? I need this. Uh, we need to write that. Yes. Um. I'm going to write an entire series of cryptids as as children's books. So go ahead now and pour mm-hmm. out some liquor for your boy, Bandit. Pour one out for the homie. Because. He's not doing great. No, he did. He real yeah, did. He, he's real dead. And there are several more stories that aren't in this um, about pets and cattle being mutilated and shit. During this mm-hmm. time. The four sped back into town and stopped at the Tiny's Diner. There they contacted the police and told them about the flying red-eyed creature. Not really believing them, Deputy Halstead and the two couples drove back to the abandoned power plant. Deputy Halstead shined his flashlight around the entire area but found no clear evidence of the creature. He did, though, have trouble with his radio saying it was making a strange static sound. So, one thing that's constant with Mothman Mm -hmm. is interference with electronics. People's TVs, people's radios messing up. Very familiar to some, a lot of UFO activity. Mm Mm-hmm. The couple said they saw shadows moving along the building walls and dust rising from the ground. As they were about to leave for Point Pleasant, the two women claimed they saw the creature's red eyes watching them from the top of the power plant. 
The Mallets, afraid of the encounter, decided to stay at the Scarberries that night. They kept all the lights on and got little sleep that night. That's a terrible fucking idea. Leave the lights on. No. He oh. loves lamp. <laughs> he loves lamp. I mean, he's living in a power plant area that's literally all lamp. All, well, all it's abandoned. Oh. Well, lamp and toxic waste. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't love that? Early the next day, the sheriff, George Johnson, held a press meeting and the couples were interviewed on what had happened. The report to the Mason County Sheriff caught the attention of local reporter Mary Heyer, who wrote about the sightings. A few hours later, the headline of the Point Pleasant newspaper read, Couples see man-sized bird, creature, something. The paper caused a mass rush of people to drive up to the power plant that day, including the return of the Scarberries and the Mallets. Yeah, this newspaper article caused just a mass of hillbillies going out there to hunt a mothman. They're like, I'm going to go get me that bird. I'm going to go get me that bird and stuff it. I'm going to be the one that shot that mothman. And mounted on my wall. I just imagine it like basically just the squidbillies, but just hunting mothman. I I, I see Uncle Cy. In my head. Oh just my a God. bunch of size. Moth call. <laughs> just a screech. Yeah, just it sounds like AOL's dial up. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> why you just why did you I wonder how many for like a third like at least like two thirds to a three thirds like all of our listeners. I wonder how many people did not get that reference. I would like to know. If you did not get that reference, I want to hear about it. Because if you didn't, we have problems. Just Google no. dial-up sound. I feel like an old man now. I know. <laughs> Tell me about it. Mm. The four said they found strange tracks on the ground, describing them as two horseshoes put together. Steve Mallet claims he saw the creature when he explored the boiler room, but rushed out in fear when it began to fly. The two couples claim they saw the creature a few more times over the next few days, but never saw it again after that frightful week. Over the years, they told interviewers that people called them crazy, drunks, and hooligans, but they truly believe what they saw the night of the 15th and will never forget the creature with fiery red eyes. It was just a hobo with two bike reflectors and a suit. <laughs> I'm gonna, scare, I'm gonna scare them damn kids off my off the TNT area. Yeah, that's where he's living. You can't forget the owl. He's got an owl. It's, it's literally the plot of Scooby Doo. The, the, the dog's <laughs> those, dead. Those damn they kill, kids. They killed those Scooby. Meddling kids and their dog. Yeah, they killed Scooby. Oh, I'm saying I love Scooby Doo. The night after the famous sighting, Marcella Bennett had the closest experience to the Mothman in history. November 16th, 1966, Marcella, her daughter, her brother, and her sister-in-law went to visit family that lived near the TNT area. After a quick visit, Marcella, who was holding her daughter, began to walk back to her car. Her brother and his wife were stepping out of the house when they stopped. The brother noticed red lights hovering in the air above the car. When Marcella reached her car, out of the corner of her eye saw a dark figure a few feet away. Turning her head slowly, her eyes widened in disbelief. She described the figure as a six-foot-tall man 
but with huge wings and feathers covering its whole body. She said it had hunched up shoulders, but no neck or head, just an empty space. So its eyes are fixed into its chest area. So it's just like... There's no this. There's there's no no head. There's no head at all. So its eyes are like at its throat. Where it's no, I would say be. more like center mass, where like your heart would be. Okay. That's freaky. Something with no like no top part of its body. It's just like a potato. It's a flying potato. I'm very Don't disrespect Mothman in such a way. That's what it sounds like. It sounds <laughs> like a flying potato. Mothman. You show some goddamn respect to Mothman. The I do audacity. show some respect. I actually believe in him, so I'm okay with that. But he's a goddamn flying potato. Uh, I am very conflicted on the view, the picture I have in my head now. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go downstairs and sleep with the lamp. Think of a sweet potato, but with red eyes. And big, six foot tall sweet, sweet potato. potato. With... Ten foot wings with fucking Schwarzenegger legs. Yeah, and that's what you need to envision. I need to go. I, I just think it's Schwarzenegger a, wearing a potato costume. No, no, it's just a moth with Schwarzenegger legs. <laughs> that that's literally what he is. Got it. That clears everything up perfectly. Yep. Glad I could help. <laughs> Frozen in fear, Marcella stood there staring at the creature with her daughter in her arms. Her brother yelled for her to run, but Marcella was rooted with fear. When the creature took a step closer, Marcella jolted out of her paralysis and ran to the house. Not having proper control of her body, she fell numerous times, but eventually made it inside. With a baby in her arms. Mm -mm. The Mothman just wanted them baby back ribs, that's all. No! Her brother called the police reporting that the creature was on the porch banging on the door and peering at them from the windows. When the police arrived, the creature was gone and a night search was sent out. The police weren't the only ones to arrive. Hearing about the encounter, many of the townspeople came for a chance at seeing the creature. Here comes I. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, all the gun-toting... Uh... Uh, hillbillies in West Virginia. So the entire state of Virginia. I mean, it it almost got that way. Jeez. The the sightings weren't just in Point Pleasant. Uh-huh. Like, there were, there was already one in Salem that yeah. we talked about. Uh, Salem, West Virginia, not Salem. Mass. Mass. But the, these sightings were taking place in all the surrounding area. Also. But we're still in the the famous sighting area. So a lot of people talk about like the TNT area as being the predominant area for Mothman. Okay. But later he starts to branch out. Love that. Marcella never saw the creature again, but explained she had a link to the creature after that night. She said she could feel its presence wherever she went and sometimes she would hear the sounds of great wing beats. The day after Marcella's frightful night, the headline for the newspaper read, Bird, Place, or Batman? Mason Countyans Hunt Mothman. On Thursday, November 17, 1966, the creature was first named Mothman. 
Funny enough, Mothman gets its name from the Batman comics, which were extremely popular at the time. My boyfriend loves freaking Batman. But more and more sightings were reported in the Point Pleasant area over the next year as the legend of the Mothman took shape. The Gettysburg Times reported eight additional sightings in the short span of three days after the first claims. This included two volunteer firefighters who said they saw, quote, a very large bird with large red eyes, end quote. Later in November, resident Bob Bosworth and a friend were out riding their motorcycles and spotted red, glowing red dots on the top of the North Power Plant at the TNT area. So they stopped to investigate. There was a bright full moon that night, which allowed them to partially see inside the building where they encountered a very tall creature with red eyes. Frozen in fear, they watched the thing move toward them and then turn away into the darkness. The men reported hearing flap of wings and the monster was gone. Another local, Faye Dewitt Laporte, reported that she and her siblings were out riding around in a car when her brother, who was driving, turned toward her with wide eyes. She turned to look and there was the creature just outside the window, keeping up with the car. Her brother made a quick turn, but the red eyes were still there. When he stopped the car, the creature jumped onto the hood and then flew off toward the North Tower. He was just coming by to say hi. Yeah, he was Hello. Hi guys. Welcoming committee. I think I, I still think he was chasing the headlights, man. Oh he he wanted the lights. No, he wanted the likes. Make sure you follow, subscribe. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Integrated marketing. I love it. I love <laughs> I can't. Lawrence Gray, a local teacher, woke up about at three in the morning to find the very same creature standing next to his bed. And then it disappeared. He later reported that he felt the presence of, quote, 100% evil. Not 99. Not 99. No. 100 keeps it up. Mothman keeps it a hundred. I sounds like it. With her reports on the creature, Mary Heyer began to receive hundreds of phone calls regarding the creature, as well as reports of paranormal activity, electrical problems that seemed to come and go quickly and strange lights in the sky. There was a large increase in the number of UFO sightings during the time as well. There was also reports of seeing Mothman Chasing UFOs. Oh my god. He's like, this is my town. This is my territory. This town ain't big enough for two of us. Oh my god, they're having like a showdown. Like a high noon showdown. Well, once again, I think he was after the lights on the UFO. Okay. I like my high noon at Mothman. Like him with a cowboy hat on with no head. Like, Look, just, it's sitting on tumbleweed. the torso. Look, at this point, after all I've done with Mothman in the last 72 hours, I'm just going for low-hanging lamp. <laughs> and low-hanging lamp. Strange oh things started happening to the witnesses. They couldn't stop thinking of the thing they seen. Started having epileptic fits and also getting major eye diseases like blindness or simply uncurable pink eye. Which, that is probably worse than going blind. I was going to say, what the hell is uncurable pink eye? So, it is a phenomenon 
that happens with a lot of UFOs. Are the aliens just like farting in people's so eyes? So we're getting ready to eternally, explain eternally just what farting it is. in their eyes. Um, you could say some. Uh, no, no, it says nothing to do with uh, doo doo in anyone's eyes, but it does have something to do with UFOs. Hmm. So. In particular, the condition is mentioned under the name of Kleeg conjunctivitis in association with the Mothman case in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Kleeg conjunctivitis is an eye condition that results from prolonged exposure to ultraviolet rays. Symptoms include redness and swelling of the eyes. Kleeg conjunctivitis is often a condition reported by people who claim to have viewed a UFO. So, fun fact, uh, one of the Mothman witnesses was Mary Heyer's niece, who caught this... Conjunctivitis. Yep, this Kleeg conjunctivitis. So, that that's one of the reputable sources of it. Interesting. In December of 1966, Heyer's articles caught the attention of journalist and parapsychologist John Keel, who was writing an article on UFO phenomenon and came to Point Pleasant to investigate. So John Keel, um, famous paranormal investigator, ufologist, uh, ufologist, if you will, um, wrote the book Mothman Prophecies, which came out in 1975, uh, which was made into a movie in 2002 uh so this evening for this episode i am wearing my richard gear shirt <laughs> uh which i noticed actually has a another spoiler for later on in the episode because it's located in chicago illinois on hmm. the shirt which, a little bit of foreshadowing there shout out to come town for the sick shirt so Shameless plugging all day long yep. on this episode. It's a cool shirt. It is a cool shirt. It's got a gerbil on it. <laughs> it's got a gerbil on it. I know. I'm and you can you can just Google that, what gerbils have to do with Richard Gere. Oh, my God. Our poor listeners. They're gonna be, they're, they're that gonna poor get, gerbil. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yes. Strange men started appearing in Point Pleasant in January of 1967 in neat black suits, black ties and hats, meeting with people and admonishing them to stop repeating the stories about the Mothman. We don't talk about Mothman. It's like Fight Club. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> First rule of Fight Club. First rule of Mothman. We don't talk about Mothman. It, we don't talk about it. This is where... Everybody's favorite uh, snazzy dressed suits come in. Reportedly, they also threatened Mary Hire and John Keel. Mary was working late one night in January of 1967 when a man dressed in a black suit, short with thick glasses, covered his strange eyes and came into her office. Apparently, the man asked Mary directions on how to get to Welsh. As Mary gave him directions, he would come closer and closer, invading her personal space. 
The man then questioned Mary about the articles she had written and wanted to know why she felt the need to publish such things. So the men in black would go and start harassing all the eyewitnesses of the Mothman or any UFO phenomenon. And they even threatened John Keel, like I mentioned, like Sam mentioned earlier. And they play a major role in what happens later in this story. But I left that part out because when we cover the men in black, which we will eventually cover the men in black later on, this this story is all encompassing. It'll tie back to this. You guys will just have to wait. Yep. Mm-hmm. But the men in black play a crucial role in this whole thing. All right. Over the next year, more than 100 sightings of Mothman were reported. With the sightings came the skeptics. With the skeptics came the expert explanations on what Mothman could actually be. Uh, A giant fucking Mothman. Duh. That's exactly what I was thinking. Duh. The first came from wildlife biologist Dr. Robert L. Smith who suggested that the Sandhill Crane was the culprit. The bird stands at about five feet and has a wingspan of seven feet. They also have reddish circles that surround their eye areas and are known to sometimes be seen in the West Virginia area. Too bad they have the seven feet tall with a five-foot wingspan, not the other way around. Mm. Rude. Get it right, homie. Despite the reasonable explanation, witnesses of Mothman disagreed. They said Mothman didn't resemble the crane at all, specifically pointing out that Mothman didn't even have a neck or a beak, for that matter. So John Keel would actually carry around a picture of a Sandhill crane when he was interviewing witnesses and ask them, does this look look like like what you saw? And every single one said, No, Mothman doesn't have a head or a neck, but they remember the, the eerie unsettling eyes. Creepy. Another suggestion came from a reporter named Joe Nickel, who we talked about. Yeah. He thinks Mothman is an owl pointing out that Mothman is usually described as headless, which is similar to the shape of an owl. This is John Nichols' fucking excuse for every goddamn thing. Yeah, he said that the... He said Flatwoods was an owl. He (laughs) says Mothman's an owl. Everything can't be an owl, Joe. He's this... It's the same fucking thing as when they blame, like, the Beast of Bray Road that we covered on being a bear with mage. Right. It's like... We get it, Occam's razor, the most simplest ex- like explanation is normally it, but in this case, there is so much other strange shit in cases of, of just yeah. high strangeness going on. Like, when I, when I describe the show as stories of high strangeness, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. This is the best definition of what high strangeness is is this all-encompassing tale of what's going on in Point Pleasant. Right. So. Joe also points out 
that the famous red eyes is the cause and effect of light reflecting off an owl's eyes. The TNT area was and still is surrounded by a bird sanctuary and home to many different species of owls, making the explanation plausible. A more fun explanation was that Mothman was a result of a bird becoming contaminated by the waste of TNT area. The TNT area is now an overgrown wildlife preserve located in Mason County, about seven miles north of Point Pleasant. It's also known as the McClintic Wildlife Management Area. The 3,655 acres of wildlife management is occupied by 600 acres of farmland, 180 acres of wetland, encompassing 31 ponds, 1,100 acres of brushland, and 1,775 acres of mixed hardwood forest. Part of the area was used as a place to manufacture and store ammunition in World War II. Almost 100 large concrete domes, often called igloos or bunkers, were built into the ground to house explosives. Like I said earlier, this is the main area where the Mothman sightings took place. Um, outside of it just showing up in people's backyards, which there was a lot of that too. Mm-hmm. But this is also supposedly where they manufactured the payloads for the atomic bombs. Oh, shit. Yeah. It was later revealed that the TNT area was horribly polluted and many of the ingredients that went into making the ammunition were dumped and left to seep into the local ponds. Pond 13's known for being affected the worst. A woman fishing in that pond discovered a red water seep. So basically what that is is like the TNT chemicals like mixed in with the groundwater. And turn the pond red. Blood red. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a fun place to go swimming. Fantastic. Don't I'll... strike a match. <laughs> oh, God. The rumors of Mothman being a creation of human pollution caused quite a few rumors and explained why Mothman was terrorizing the citizens of Point Pleasant. He was just a pissed off radioactive moth. Yeah. On November 19, 1967, Mary Heyer contacted John Keel to tell him of a strange dream she had. She said, quote, I had a terrible nightmare. There were a lot of people drowning in the river and Christmas packages were floating everywhere in the water. It's like something awful is going to happen, end quote. The Mothman sightings continued until a day of tragedy on December 15, 1967, exactly 13 months since the famous sighting on November 15th. The Silver Bridge collapsed into the Ohio River, resulting in 46 deaths. It was the worst bridge accident in American history. An inspection of the collapsed pieces found that one of the steel pin-eye bars was poorly made. Specifically, eye bar number 13. The bridge was also four decades old and badly maintained. After this incident, many people of Point Pleasant came forward and confessed to having strange dreams months before the collapse, 
of people drowning and Christmas presents floating down the river. There were even sightings of Mothman near the bridge hours before the incident. All of this and the Silver Bridge incident helped the legend of Mothman to grow. People were saying that Mothman had been harassing the people of Point Pleasant as a sign of warning, identifying it as the Omen of Doom. That day of tragedy was the last day of sightings in Point Pleasant. Mothman hasn't been seen there ever since. But that wasn't the last sighting of Mothman. There have been reports of similar creatures outside Chernobyl the day of the infamous meltdown and inside New York shortly before the September 11th attacks. Now, to those two, I will say that it's heavily, heavily speculative. Yeah. And apocryphal at best. Yeah. More recently, new reports have emerged, starting in 2011 and peaking in 2017, with sightings of a Mothman-like creature began surfacing all over Chicago. Home of the Richard Gere Museum. (laughs) It still remains unknown whether Chicago Mothman is a subspecies of the West Virginia Mothman or the same species. The most recent sighting took place in 2020. A 15-year United States Postal Service veteran encountered a tall, red-eyed, winged creature after work at Chicago's O'Hare International Airport. And uh, I'm going to read, like, how she just, like, her account of it. Yep. She says, I had just left work at the USPS sorting facility at O'Hare Airport at about 11 p.m. on Thursday, the 24th of September, and was walking out to my car when I saw something standing at the far end of the parking lot where I usually park. At first, I thought it was a very tall person with a long coat. As I got closer to my car, I unlocked my car, which caused my headlights to come on. My headlights hit the person standing about 20 to 25 feet from my car, causing it to turn and look right at me. Well, that's where she fucked up. She turned them headlights on. Right? Like, turn around and wait for this homie to move. I saw this was not some person, but some red-eyed creature. And what appeared to be a coat were actually wings, which it spread out as it turned to look at me. At first, I thought it was some kind of very, very large bird. But I've never seen any bird that stood almost seven feet tall. I'm 5'4", and this thing looked taller than me by at least two feet. This thing then started making some type of chirping sound, almost a half chirp, half click, like someone was clicking their tongue, but much, much faster. It then made some type of screeching sound and took off running toward me. It got within 10 feet of me and took off into the air and flew above me. I was screaming hysterically as I crouched down behind cars, opened door, and I dived into my car head first. I was in near panic as I tried to start the car, close and lock the doors, and turn on my interior lights. I started my car and took took off out of the parking lot, and flew down the road till I hit the main road. I got home and told my husband, who also works at the same facility, and he was the one who told me about sightings of this thing. 
I was scared shitless and hope I never see this thing again. This thing is roaming around the area, scaring people half to death. I hope the airport people decide to do something about this thing someday. I love it. That's insane. Is that why our mail is always late? Probably. The it's Mothman. Mothman. Yeah. Actually, fun fun fact about the mail and this story. So, John Keel, just a little sidebar, um, would talk about in the Mothman prophecies about the men in black tampering with his mail. That's kind of something that they do. They'll just fuck with your mail. No. Yeah. That's rude. Yeah, It's a federal crime. Yeah. Although it's hard to tell what the USPS workers saw that night, it sure sounds a lot like the Mothman. Is the Mothman a monster bent on wreaking destruction? Or a supernatural force sent to warn of impending danger? What do you guys think the Mothman is? Make destruction. I'm leaning more towards destruction only because the first sighting, like the first, Mm -hmm. like the famous event, he wasn't like warning them of impending danger. And the cup and a few others. So I would say he appears in an area that is impending danger, but he killed a dog. I know, poor bandit. The dog was was barking. And, so? And moths have big ears. They have big ears. But no head. No head. No head but big ears. Oh, damn. My drawing is way off because I definitely am not putting ears on him. You Why have not, been Christian? doodling this whole fucking time. Yeah. I put a dapper hat on him and then I put Bandit here. Dapper hat. Gentleman Mothman. Yes. He has a very dapper hat, and Bandit is torn in half. Oh, he's a man in black. Oh, my God. No, look at that. It's very cute. I did it on myself. I did it on myself. I did it on myself. I I wanted to believe that he's a creature hell-bent on destruction. I think he is. Do you think he's a mutant from the the TNT area? Mm -hmm. Or do you think he's something more? Like a paranormal, more of a paranormal entity. I think he's more paranormal. Maybe not entity. I disagree with you. I think he's more of a monster that was created by the amount of waste and stuff. Like a poor little Luna Moth just fell into the damn waste and just turned into this thing. Turned into a whole ass human. Yeah. Or maybe it a was a radioactive like, moth bit a man. Yes, exactly. It's my like what, man. Yeah. Where is his series? Where are his multiple movies? We're gonna wake up tomorrow and not remember we recorded this episode. Yeah, there's there's a lot of strange shit when you start talking about the Men in Black, like John. Well, you Kiel- really start liking Jello a lot tomorrow. Please call me. Okay. Um. So, with the Men in Black. And doing research on them and, like, talking about them. John Keel talks about, like, reading and, like, looking for notes that he wrote. And they just be gone. Like, missing from his house. Like, shit shit would just disappear. Is that why you did this in 72 hours? Uh, I was deathly afraid that, like, my phone would fuck up or glitch or something. Like, I have multiple copies of this document saved. Oh, my goodness. Like, 
when I say peeling back the layers on this shit, it is so wild. And we will definitely talk about Men in Black in our future episode. Won't be anytime soon, but just... We'll work it in there. No, know it'll happen. But, yeah. Um, and just like last week's monster, the Flatwoods monster, you can find Mothman in Fallout 76. No way. Yeah. There's a few different variants of him that you can... Take a picture that. of or cool. hunt and kill. I stopped playing after a while. I don't uh, play video games. I'm sorry. It's a good time. Yes. But yeah, guys, um, that's going to wrap it for spooky season. Holy shit. It's over. I know. I, I love that we did creature, like, we did creature features the entire spooky season. I, I would not call this the cryptid October anymore because the you definitely nailed on the head when you said creature features, because that's what this is. It is Cryptober? Yeah. Ooh, but like a lot of these are not fully cryptids, because they could be one thing or another. Cryptids are, I just... I well, just, cryptids I, are undocumented creatures. I mean, the kangaroo was a cryptid at one point in time. And now Australia's fucking lousy with them. Did you know in South Carolina you don't have to have a permit to own a kangaroo? I would want to own a Mothman. I want a kangaroo. I will of name him Jack. Of course you want a moth. Your whole brain is moth. I am moth. You are moth. I am moth. And on that episode of Eric saying that he's moth, he is moth. But if you would like to consider to be a part of our moth family, no, I'm just joking. Make sure you guys are subscribing, liking, sharing. Tell your friends. Maybe they want to be moths. Yeah. Um, With Eric. Yeah. Be, you don't even have to do the research on it. Become a moth. Definitely, if this story interested you, yeah, pick up Mothman Prophecies. I highly, highly recommend it. John Keel is amazing. Um, and, and truly, the Mothman story and the story of Point Pleasant is as much John Keel's story is it is Mothman's. Yeah. Right. Um, and we're also looking for something really short to watch. I actually watched it today. Uh, Mothman Sightings is on Hulu. It is a 20-minute-ish situation. And the live action of the way that they de- depicted Mothman is pretty hilarious. Because it's literally like a man in a sheet with like two bicycle lights underneath. Like the reflective oh, lights. Oh, no. It, it it's it, the information is great, but the and way they depict it is kind of shit. If you're ever in Point Pleasant, there's a Mothman Museum. <gasps> cool. I wanna go. And every September they have Mothman Fest. Oh, I wanna go. No way. And there is a gigantic Mothman statue <gasps> in the center of town. Can we dress we up as Mothman? Go. You yes, we can all dress up as moth. Um, we can all moth. But one thing I've noticed in my research, uh, which included TikTok, um, <clears throat> there is a obsession with sexualizing Mothman. Oh <laughs> I noticed God. that when you were no. showing. Yes. Um, a bunch of people want to want to fuck the moth. All right. So well, everybody's got their thing. People, I reckon. Well, all right. So truth be told, that Mothman statue is caked up. Well, he does he, not skip he, leg day, so yeah, that would mean that he's, he's never skipped a leg day. He's double so cheeked. He's got a very prominent behind on that statue. <laughs> very prominent behind. Oh, damn it. Hold on. Let's get back up here. 
She's got to make edits to her drawing now. She's got to get him double cheeked. But all right, guys, that's going to wrap it for us for Make sure you guys our are following creature the socials. Follow the Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all the things. Follow the things. Like, subscribe, rate, give us suggestions. And thank you. Thank you so much to everybody that comes and listens to our craziness every week. Um, we, we wouldn't do this without you guys. So we do this for you. We love to make Eric shake his head. Yes. I do it on a daily basis. (laughs) Yep. It's true. She does. All right, guys. Well, we will see you in November and we're going back to our roots of true crime. Yay. Yeah. So if you haven't enjoyed the cryptids, sorry, but we've had a blast. I, I love cryptids. And we hope you had a blast too. Yeah. But we'll we'll be kicking off uh regular episodes of just different various topics yep. of of all things horror. Now it's going to be a hodgepodge. It's it's a hodgepodge at this point. Sam's nailed that. <laughs> um we're going to kick it off with a local murder in our area. So if you want a little southern fried true crime, be ready for that episode. But all right, guys, stay creepy and happy Halloween. Bye.